This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. We're going to be moving quick tonight, so anyway, I'll just give you a brief a brief history with, with Paul. His lovely wife Donna here, her dad was the pastor of the assembly, got here at Barstow for years, and Paul was the bus superintendent and other things there at the church, and Years ago, I had upwards, did you tell me one time 600 kids that rode those buses? Is that what you said? 600 kids in the Barstow area, they used to pick up on the buses, etc. Then they pastored down the hill at Oak Hills for many years, and they didn't retire. They just, like Mrs. Pastor and I, went to the next phase. So now, after all those years of pastoring, now they're going to other countries and doing things for Jesus all around the world. And this is the couple that got us hooked up with Nicaragua. All those trips made in Nicaragua. It's because God connected us with them, and then we got to Nicaragua. So anyway, as we're coming through, I said, man, you come through, stop and preach. And if it was a Sunday morning, we could go longer, et cetera, et cetera. Because it's a Wednesday night, i just thinking about a seasoned minister like like they are. And, you know, people like this here is not like the beginners that they've they got a lot of good teaching. But more wisdom comes out of these guys by accident than the young preachers do on purpose. And so, I don't know what he's going to say, what he's going to do. I just know that. Just listen, because he's a Holy Ghost man. And things he says is going to be things we all need to hear. It's going to help change us forever. Amen. Amen. So, Pastor Paul. Amen. Praise God. Isn't God good? If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Amen. <laughs> Verse... We'll be looking at verse uh, uh, 15. We'll start there. Uh, and I'm reading from the uh, New Living Bible. It says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Amen? So be careful how you what? Live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Amen. You know, I say it like this. If you, uh, if, if you want to figure life out, just figure on my left hand is darkness. Everything over here is dark. Okay? And over here, everything is light. This is the kingdom of Satan. Darkness. Look at what they do and don't do it. And then look over here at the light, the kingdom of God, and look at what they do and do it. Amen? So don't live like a fool. Amen? Be wise. Be wise. So I see it like this. What I'm talking to you about tonight is how to find and live in God's will. And I like that book that you just mentioned by Kenneth Hagin. It's a great book. Amen. You ought to pick it up and read it. But how how to find and live in God's will for your life. I hear people say, uh, a lot of times it's younger people who say, I, I just don't know what God's will for my life is. Well, that tells me something about them. Because God will show you his will for your life if you'll do it his way. See, my prayer always is, God, I want to know 
your word first so that I can know your will, so that I can know your ways. God's ways are not our ways. Did you know that? He doesn't operate like us. You have to figure out how he operates. That's what got Israel in trouble. The scripture said, they did not know my ways, the way I work. Amen? So, to be wise, uh, the, the scripture says, you shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. But it, in the different gospels, it says it in different ways. Specifically, one way it says, you shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and it's specifically with all thy mind and with all thy strength. The mind and the body, right, strength. This is how you should love the Lord thy God. With all your what? Mind. It says in Romans, Romans chapter 12, that we can be trans, we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind, so that we can know what God's good, perfect, acceptable will is. Huh? Remove, renew what? The mind. See, God has two voices. The first voice is his word. The second voice is the Holy Spirit. That's how he talks to us. Through what? His word and the Holy Spirit. So, Whenever a, a, a situation occurs in your life, something happens. You're going to hear you're going to hear two voices. You're going to hear the voice of the devil. You're going to hear the voice of God. My sheep know my voice. I know them. My sheep know me, and they follow me. So I say, "Are you his sheep?" Then you know his voice. The problem is, it says, the voice of the stranger they will not follow, John 10. It didn't say that you wouldn't hear his voice, but you will follow, you won't follow his voice. So what happens? Circumstances change. Situations come into our life. The first voice that you're going to hear the loudest is the voice of the devil. And people respond to that and they'll go, oh my God, what am I going to do? Well, you just told the, the Lord that he lied to you. What do you mean, what am I going to do? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what to do. You're a child of God. You've got to be careful about what comes out of your mouth. You start saying things that counter to the word of God, you're literally saying God lied. He's not a liar. Everything he says comes to pass. Amen? But see, our minds... Really, it's, it's in the mind where the decision is made. That's where you're going to make your decision in the mind. So what happens is the situation occurs and you will start thinking about it. And you'll start to ex- examine. You look at the circumstances. You weigh the circumstances. Your, your flesh, the carnal nature, we are in a carnal body, it's going to die. That the desires of the flesh will rise up. That'll talk. Your body will talk. The devil will talk. The circumstances will talk. You got all of this going on, but somewhere you're going to make a decision, and that's going to be where? It's in your mind. You're going to decide. I'm going to follow this. I'm going to follow that. I'm going to do this or that. You're going to make a decision. So Jesus put it like this. He said, uh, don't lay up treasures here on earth. 
where moth and rust destroy, thieves break in and steal. But lay up treasure in heaven, where moth and rust does not destroy, thieves do not break and steal. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, the heart follows the treasure. You have to get that. The heart is the, the spiritual part of us. The inward man, right? The heart follows the what? The treasure. The treasure doesn't follow the heart. So when, when something happens, circumstances, take, take a guy that takes his first drug, takes his first drugs. He made a decision, right? He calculated in his mind this is going to be a good thing and he, he uses the drug. What he doesn't realize is that the, the heart, the inward man, all of a sudden says, this is what you treasure, so I'm going to help you get it and I'm going to help you keep, stay with it. Because you, ch- you chose what? You chose the treasure, the heart gets on board. Because the heart follows the treasure. So, when we look at, say, say be wise, don't be a fool. Don't live like the world. Be wise. So when a circumstance comes, you're going to weigh the circumstance. You're going to hear the devil. Your flesh is going to cry out. I mean, it's, 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 the pressure will be on you. But what you have to do, like the Psalms 119 said, Thy word have I hid where? In my heart that I might not sin against God or against you. Guard your heart, diligently guard your heart, for out of it flows what? The issues of life itself. So what should you guard? The heart. So how do you guard the heart? You have to fill it with the Word of God. So that when the circumstance occurs, and you're starting to make a decision, you're going to make a decision. You're either going to go down the right road or the wrong road. You're either going to go to the darkness or you're going to go to the light. But if there's no word there, there's no place for the mind to even go. But when there's word there, your mind immediately will evaluate the, that side of it. What does God say? What does the word say? Why do I not want to do this? Or why do I want to do this? So, how do, how, you know, COVID was was a was a mixed blessing for me. You know, it was a, a bittersweet blessing because it shut me down. I mean, you talk about pastors and churches; it, it shut missionaries down all over the world. It just shut us down. So I have had a year, you know, to really get in the scriptures. Back in November, when the election went the way it was. I gave up on TV. I had enough of it, especially news. I, I, I had it. I said, I'm, I'm going to start spending more time in the Word. Amen? So, if you say, well, I don't have time for the Word. It's not, it's not a, it's never is a time issue. It's a priority issue. You just haven't prioritized the Word being first. So I say do it like this. If you watch an hour of TV a day, spend an hour in the Bible. If you watch five hours, spend five in the Bible. 
If you enjoy, you know, I heard one guy said, well, I've got, I go biking on Sundays now. Well, if you're going to go biking, well, he should be in church, by the way. <laughs> but if you bike for two hours, spend two hours in the Word. Amen? Give God priority. Give the Word of God, because I tell you for sure, Jesus said, in this life we will have troubles. Troubles, troubles. You talk about troubles. You have kids, you have what? Troubles. <laughs> if you have teenagers, I got them through with that. You have what? Troubles. Troubles on the job. Troubles at work. Man, that's life. It's la vida in Spanish. Just life. You're going to have troubles. So you better be full of what? The Word of God. And I, I can't tell you that, you know, if you, if, if you don't have the Word in you, when the crisis comes, you're going to make the wrong decision. And I, I shake my head so many times. Why did they do that? Why did they do that? I don't get that. You know, what a dumb decision. It's because there's no word there to give them direction. Amen? Amen. I used to always, when I would counsel people, I'd tell them, look, I'm not here, I'm not an attorney, I'm not going to give you legal advice, I'm not an accountant, I'm not going to give you financial advice, Uh, you know, I'm not a a divorce attorney, I'm I'm not here to give you that advice. I'm going to tell you what the Word says of how to get through your circumstances. That's all I'm here for. I'll tell you what the Word tells you to do, but I do not make your decisions for you. You're going to make them yourself. When it's all done, you make the decision, you're going to have to live with it. Amen? And and so fill up with what? God's Word. When I was 16, I got born again, got saved, and uh, I was a hoodlum. It was great. I thank God he saved me. I was headed for death or prison for sure. And uh, uh, I had uh, was living with my uh, mom and stepdad in uh, Muskogee, Oklahoma. And they had a friend up in Omaha where we had lived at one time that uh, she was having some trouble up there, an older lady. And they sent me up there to help her help her around the house. I lived up there maybe three months. But I just got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. I was excited. And all I had to do all day was read the Bible. I read, the first year I was born again, I read the Bible through three and a half times. It gave me the foundation. And then, when I got into church, they put me in the third grade class to teach Sunday school, and I really got into the stories, you know, uh, David and Goliath and all of that stuff. But you've got to have a foundation, is what I'm saying. You have to have, because I can pick up this book, and it, it'll tell me most of the things I need to do, but it won't tell me everything. Because, so, what happens if you lose your job? Can you go here and say, well, you lost that job, now go over here to this other place. It doesn't tell you that in the Word. Right? You're going to have to have another voice speaking to you. It's called the voice of the Holy Spirit. So you build the foundation where first? On the Word. And then you build a good relationship with the Holy Spirit. A deep relationship with the Holy Spirit. You hear Him talking. 
You know, when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's, it's really interesting to me when he speaks to me. I, I actually put what he's saying into the words. I, I, I get the impression, the leading, you know what I'm talking about? And then I, I actually, uh, I, I start, it's like uh, translating from Spanish to English, you know. I get the translation into my language then. I get the words that go with it to give me direction in life. And the Holy Spirit will keep you out of a lot of trouble. He'll direct you through. Without, without the Holy Spirit, <laughs> life is tough. But you can go through, you can go through some of the worst circumstances only to come out blessed. Did you know that? You can, you can go through some of the worst troubles only to come out what? Blessed. I was sharing with Pastor early today when we took the last church there in Oak Hills. They were far in debt. We couldn't make the payments. I was the new pastor. We didn't have enough money coming in. We fell behind by three months. We got behind. It was a private uh, couple that had loaned the prior pastor the money. And after three months, he called me and said, You know, Pastor, my wife and I decided just to uh, forgive you those three months, and we're going to renegotiate the loan for you and make it easier. And I said, Well, thank God I didn't wasn't able to pay him for three months. Wasn't that wonderful? <laughs> At the time, it wasn't. But after it was over, I said, That was a God thing. Amen? So what do you do? You just hang in there with God, you know. Don't quit. Don't quit. Amen? So so be careful how you live. Trust me. If, if as a Christian, if... This is a touchy area for me. Jesus Christ... We, we know in, in, in the book of Luke, it says, it gives us three parables. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the prodigal son or the lost son. Amen? And, and especially in songs, sometimes I hear that. They say, well, God left the 99 to go after the one, as if God would leave the church to go after a sinner. That's not true. God would never abandon you to go after somebody else. No, he left, he left all of heaven for you. He, he that was so very rich became so very poor that, that through him and his poverty that you could be rich, spiritually rich and alive. He gave it all. Can you imagine what he did? What he gave up? To come and find me. I wasn't looking for him. He found me. Just like he found that sheep. But he didn't, he doesn't abandon everybody else. And so people, people are looking, you know, sometimes they'll say, well, God will come after you. He'll do anything to get you if you walk away from him. He won't. That's a lie. He ain't coming after you. He didn't go after the prodigal son. It wasn't until he got in the pig pen, till the sun came back. He'll let you live in the slop. He'll let you live with the pigs till you wake up. Then hopefully you won't do it again. Amen? 
God loves us, but I tell you right now, God has done everything that he is going to do for you and I when he gave his best, his son. Everything. And now we need to have the appreciation to live right before him, to live clean lives. I'd say this, I want a clean mind. I want a clean mouth. And I want a clean body. I don't want to present a mind to the Lord that's full of filth. Or a mouth that's full of filth. Or a body that's full of filth. Amen? So don't live like a fool. But let us be wise. And then it says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. You're going to walk, you're going to find and walk in the will of God. What are you going to do? Take advantage of your opportunities. Be quick to see. Opportunities normally come and go and they don't come back. So when you get an opportunity to do something for God, do it. And then do it faithfully. You know, in missions, we have found that the most successful missionaries, the ones that go on the field and make it, a lot of them don't. They make them maybe six months and they come home crying. The most successful missionaries of those that have served in the local church for 10 to 15 years. And then they go out into the mission field. Because they've learned to be what? Faithful. God honors faithfulness. He doesn't honor talent or ability. He gives us that. He honors faithfulness. Consistency. You know? And, and I, uh, all right, Lord, I'll move on. <laughs> Seize every opportunity. Thank God somebody came to me when I was 18 years old and said, will you teach the third graders? I was happy to teach them. And then they said, will you take over the youth group? I was happy to do it. Amen. And you just keep going and going. And it was, it was a number of years before I stepped into my own ministry. Serving somebody else. If you can't serve somebody else, and even in your, even in the world and in your job, you know, you, you, if, if, if you're, I remember a young man in my youth group years ago, he was just a wreck. It's a mess. And he was so unfaithful. And uh, he had a job down at the furniture store. And I went down there and I was talking to the manager. He was a wreck there too. <laughs> he was bad there. He was faithfulness. You say you're going to do it, do it. And when it gets hard, don't what? Don't quit. Find something in the house of God to do. And do it. And be consistent in it. And when it doesn't look right, and somebody makes you mad, and you get offended, and somebody hurts your little feelings, buck it up and stick with it and don't quit. And then another opportunity will come to you. And you won't have to go through that again. I had a friend call me and said, my daughter is working for this uh, manager at this uh, senior facility and he is so hard on her. I'm going to go down there and give him a piece of my mind and I'm going to have her quit. I said, brother, that's the worst thing you could do. A tough manager at her age is the best thing she could have. Let her learn how to buck it up and not quit. 
and she'll come out smelling like a rose. You get her out of there now, you'll weaken her. You won't strengthen her, you'll make her weak. The Bible says whatever your hand finds to do, do it what? With all your might. Give it your best. Amen. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. I'm telling you, if you're flopping hamburgers down at the hamburger stand, make the best hamburger you can possibly make. Amen. Whatever you do, don't work for man, work for God. He's the one that's going to reward you. Don't show up late. People say, I can't ever be on time. We'll be five minutes early. Learn to be consistent. And you'll find life begin to change for you. Things start all of a sudden working for you. The blessing of the Lord begins to overtake you. Because you're seizing what? Every opportunity that you can find. Amen? Number three. Don't act thoughtlessly. Give thought to everything you do. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. God, what do I want you to do? What do, what do you want me to do? <laughs> start doing what just, just do something for him. Whatever opportunity comes, just start doing it. And be faithful and consistent with it. And keep doing it. Amen. And, and if, if God, God's not hiding anything from us. God's not keeping his will from us. He wants us to know his will. He wants you, if, if you will let God do it, he'll tell you how to dress in the morning. Should I wear that dress or that one? That shirt or that? I'm telling you, ask the Lord. Get him, he wants involved in everything that you do. Every detail of your life, he wants involved. He knows every thought before we even think it. He knows the prayer before we ever pray it. He knows our life. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 that he chose us before the foundation of the world. You were chosen by God before you were ever born to, to be a, a child of God. And he adopted you then, not, not when you got saved. He adopted you before the world began. Read Ephesians 1 and get it. Amen? We're children of the living God. God loves us. He cares about us. He wants involved. He wants to know everything we're doing, just like you do a baby. You know? You get so involved in the child's life that, well, that's God with us. He loves us. He cares about us. Amen? He wants us to know what his will is. And he wants to show us the way. And he will. But it starts where? You have to get some word in you. Have to get some word in you. You get it here, you come to church, you're getting you're in a word church, you're gonna get word here, but you know, you're gonna have to go beyond that. You know, I heard I heard a pastor say, just read one Bible chapter a day. If you just read a Bible chapter a day, and I had another guy say, if you just do 15 minutes of prayer and devotion in the morning. And I said, yeah, that sounds like telling me, if you just eat an egg and cheese burrito every morning, you'll be fine. You don't have to eat again. Just an egg and cheese burrito, and you'll make it. Well, what about the tortillas and frioles and carne asada? <laughs> You're not going to make it on an egg and cheese burrito. You're not going to make it on a Bible chapter a day. I'm telling you, you're not going to make it. You're not going to get this word so far down in you that it comes up every circumstances. It comes up out of you. What do I do now? 
Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Oh, I like Isaiah 64, 4. It says, from the beginning of time, no eye has seen, no ear has heard a God like you that will work on behalf of those that wait on him. So what do you do when you know, don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? Nothing. Wait. Wait till you get the answer. You know, you go down to buy a car or buy everything, they always put pressure on you. If you gotta buy it, if you don't do it right now, you know. Oh no, I don't have to buy it right now. I don't have to do anything right now. Amen. People would come in when I was pastoring with their emergencies. Their emergency was not my emergency. Amen. I had a lady call me. I had, we had Sunday night service. We lived about 45 minutes to an hour from the church. It's Sunday night, 9 o'clock. I'm home. Just got a sandwich made. Sit down. Eat my sandwich. I get a phone call from her. The lady wasn't from her church. But she was at the hospital in Victorville. And she said, um, uh, I need you to come here and pick me up and take me down to the store so I can get some cigarettes. I said, do you, do you understand how far away I am and how much time that would take me? And she said, well, what kind of pastor are you? And I said, one that stays home on Sunday night. Goodbye. <laughs> Amen. Anyway, I, I got to tell you this, this story. Uh, we, we, pastored our last church is about 16 years we were there when we got the church it was uh, uh, in a a real bad shape we we started out with about 12 people and I run about 10 of them off (laughs) (laughs) they they just didn't like me but anyway after they voted me in you know then they started giving trouble but anyway so uh, had three loans on that property, and in uh, 15 years we paid that church completely off. Five acres of land, facilities, everything, to- totally paid off. And and when I was in my 20s, we had a missionary evangelist come to our church. I was assistant pastor there, and she said Gladys Pearson was her name, an elderly woman at the time, had dedicated her whole life to missions and never married. And uh, she she said to me, uh, God has called you as a missionary to Latin America, Paul. She paid for my first trip to Central America, going there and preaching. So that stuck with me. I knew it was the Lord he spoke to. I knew it was God. And uh, never, you know, we did a lot of missions over the years through our churches. Pastored three churches. And uh, did a lot of work in Latin America, but never became a full-time missionary. So we pay off this last church. We got a nice house in Del Webb, driving a new car. We got a good salary. Nice. Wow. And then the Lord says, uh, now's the time. <laughs> like Moses at the burning bush, 80 years old. Could you imagine? 80 years old. Now he's just beginning in ministry. And the Lord said, now is the time. I want you to resign this church and become a full-time missionary. Well, I want to tell you, that that was tough. 
But I pray, just like the Lord did in the garden, you know, Lord, if it's possible, take this cup from me. <laughs> Not my will, yours be done. <laughs> I'm glad that's in the scripture because I wasn't wrong in my prayer. Because I wanted to do his will. It says in Hebrews, it said, God heard his prayer and answered it. God did answer Jesus' prayer. He answered it. My will will be done. Amen. And I found out with God, he's going to get his way. Whatever it has to do, he will get his way. And so, in fact, I was sharing with Pastor today. I always advise young ministers If you can do anything other than preaching the gospel, do it. Do it. If you can. But you can't. If when you're called, you can't. He'll wake you up in the middle of the night. He'd wake me up in the middle of the night preaching when I I tried to get out, you know. (laughs) That's our God. He's going to have his way. So it's 68 years old, December 31st. 2013, I resigned that church, became a full-time missionary. I, I thought pastoring was hard. <laughs> but sitting in airports and flying, when we preached in Africa for the first few years, traveling 20 hours out of LAX to Kilimanjaro, 25 hours coming home, sitting on, in a coach. I was miserable. <laughs> And so, back a couple of years ago, after we'd been doing this about five years, uh, Miguel Toledo, head of Christians in Action down in Central America, that whole, all those countries, he called all of his pastors into, they have a compound there, and they asked me to come down and do a, a uh, seminar for his pastors and their wives. So, he said, uh, now we're going to do, we'll be there all day Thursday, all day Friday, and up till one o'clock on Saturday. And uh, but I have a medical doctor that's going to be sharing the conference with you. So uh, that's nice. Well, the day I got there, the day before, uh, he he called me and said, "By the way, Paul, the doctor can't make it. You'll be covering the whole conference." And so, uh, <laughs> come Saturday at one o'clock, man, I was tired. And uh, he had me scheduled in two churches on Sunday. But he, he called Saturday afternoon. He said, Paul, I'm going to cancel those two services. I'm tired. And my wife's tired. And I said, well, that's fine with me. So come Sunday morning, I got up. And I went out and got my coffee. And I'm on the patio there by the hotel. And I'm talking to the Lord. And I said, now, Lord, I got saved at 16. I've been in the church my whole life, over 50 years then. I was assistant pastor under three, three pastors. I pastored three churches. I, at one time, we took a couple of years and traveled from California to Long Island, Detroit to Galveston, Texas, preaching across this nation. Been to India, Africa, uh, every all six central and uh, Central American nations, you know, Costa Rica, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, Panama, Nicaragua, and from, I preached from Cali over the Andes every day, all the way to Bogota, and then preached in churches in Bogota 
And I'm telling the Lord this, you know. I'm, I'm giving him my complaint. <laughs> and Lord, I am tired. I am tired. I'm going to go home and get my real estate license and sell real estate. <laughs> if it's okay with you, if it's your will, I really want your will, Lord, but but I, I'm just tired. I'm, you know, we started at 68 years old. And uh, then I, you know, I, I see these guys retired at 68. I said, okay, Lord, what, what, what do you do? He wouldn't talk to me. I mean, it's like, he didn't say anything. I said, oh, well, all right, I guess. So we went home. About three nights later, I'm, I'm sound asleep. And I had a vivid dream. Now, if you don't think God will talk to you in visions and dreams, you don't know your Bible. Read Acts 2. He gives his young men visions and his old men what? Dreams. That kind of put me where I was at the time. So I, I had this vivid dream. I mean, this when you know it's a dream from the Lord, it is as real as seeing you sitting right there. It is. I can see it today. It was as real as if I was there. My wife and I were in a garden area outside a restaurant at a reception. And it was, the tables were beautifully decorated with white tablecloths, had china, and really, really nice. And I looked down and my coffee cup was empty because we hadn't, they hadn't served us yet, but they gave us coffee. And I looked down and I wanted some more coffee. So I was trying to get a waiter and he wouldn't, you know, I couldn't get one. So I said, I'll just get my own coffee. So I got up. And I, I walked, I had to go through this lounge to get into the kitchen. And as I'm going through the lounge, on the right hand is a bar, and on the left hand was a stage. But there's nobody in the lounge. I walked into the kitchen, I got my coffee, and as I return, I come out the door. Now, on this side, there's two men on the stage. One is a tall, thin man with a vest on, really sharp-looking guy. And the other guy is down, I think he's tuning his guitar, he's messing with his guitar. And they're talking, and the tall, thin man says to this, this guy on the guitar, he's talking about a third man. And he says, every time that man sings that song, he gets to the part that it talks about all the injustices in the world, and he starts to cry, and he never finishes the song. And I woke up. I said, Lord, what does that mean? And I heard these words, almost audible. Paul, finish the song. Whatever he gives you to do, you do it until he says, okay. You do it until he says, stop. Amen? I try to get this through to young pastors. We, we've been working with a pastor down in Mexico for about five, six years now, trying to help that young man. You talk about struggles. This guy's struggle, struggle. And finally, I just got, we were supposed to be down here, in a, down there in about a week. And I, I got this message from him, said that he's quitting. He's giving up and going back to, he's down in Tijuana and he's going back to, to the south, taking his family and leaving. He's quitting. I hate to see that. Quitting, quitting looks Sometimes it looks so good, doesn't it? Just not to have to do this another day. Quit. Go home. 
but you can't. Amen? What if the Lord in the garden had quit? The Apostle Paul says this. This is amazes me about this man. So I try to get through to people wanting to go into missions or ministry. Uh, forget the glamour side. Do it for the Lord, strictly for the Lord, because the glamour wears off real quick. Apostle Paul says it like this. I was beaten by the Jews 39 stripes, because by the law you couldn't go over 40 stripes. Five times beaten by the Jews, whipped by the Jews, five times. I was beaten with rods three times. I was shipwrecked three times. One time I spent a night and the day in the ocean. I was stoned to death. He was. It's when he had that vision, I believe, in Second Corinthians 12. Stoned to death, got up and walked away. Not counting the terrible trials I had in Ephesus. He called them beasts, the people that came after him there. The beast of Ephesus. Not counting the care for all the churches that he had started. And then he, he's, he says in this, uh, as he's going back to Jerusalem to finish his course, uh, he, in every town he goes, they tell him, if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be in prison and put in chains. But he says, he says, no, my life is not worth anything to, worth to me if I don't finish my race. See, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 7, 8, finishing is better than starting. Amen? It's like you're building something, you know, and... Uh, or going to school or whatever, isn't it? I mean, the, the joy is when you go through that graduation, when you stand back and see the project finishing. Never, ever, ever for any reason quit on God. Ever. I don't care how hard it gets. And, I don't, and, and I'm telling you, ministry has a lot of blessings and good sides, just like life. You know, enjoy the good times. And God will bless you. And I tell you this, uh, I've been about seven years now. And uh, it, it was a big change in our finances. And, but in seven years, I have never missed a bill, not one. I have never missed a meal, <laughs> unless I fasted. Amen. I've always been able to drive a nice car. Amen. God, it's always, I tell you, God has never failed us. It's not ever been easy, but he's always, always come through and he'll do it for you too. God bless you. It's been a pleasure being here tonight. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.